Welcome to Hello Movies, a podcast that reminds you why you love the big screen. It's a brand new year, and guess what? I am your brand new podcast host, Natasha Gargiulo. We've got a great show lined up today, a look ahead at the top 10 movies on the horizon for 2020. And I won't get into it just yet, but let me just say it looks like there's something for everyone. I'm here at the Cineplex Young Eglinton VIP Theatres in Toronto, in line, of course, to get some popcorn, because you need popcorn when you watch a movie. And I'm with Marnie Wise and Ingrid Randoja. These two have become my friends ever since <laughs> I've met them here at Cineplex. They're the dynamic duos, writers, and editors behind Cineplex magazine. And hands down, two of the biggest movie aficionados I know. Woohoo! Yes! Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Natasha. ladies. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Okay, I think we should get our seats. All right, ladies, it's that time of year, and if you're like me, you kind of start to look ahead a little bit. Uh, Maybe this year you resolve to spend more time with your family and friends. Also, we're heading into those cold months, right? And all you want to do is just watch a really good movie in a movie theater. So what better way to do it than to book some solid movie dates? And to do that, you need to know what's coming out so you can make some decent choices. Am I right? Yep. For sure. All right, so let's get into it. Marnie, Ingrid, you have compiled a list of your top five movies of 2020. You each have different movies, and you're going to sell us on why we should go and see them in 2020. In a very short amount of time. Okay. We're going to start with you, Ingrid. Can you give us your top five, but save the very best for last? Sure. Um, number five, I can't wait to see Trial of the Chicago 7, written directed by Aaron Sorkin which is about the trial of the uh, eight men that was brought down to seven who were charged with inciting violence during the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, a political film that comes out on September 25th, just before the American election. Sasha Baron Cohen, Eddie Redman, I can't wait. It's going to be political. It's going to be smart. And that's my number five. Number four, I'm hoping that Tom Cruise in Top Gun yes. Maverick has a chance to really take a look and confront bro culture. Um, it's the sequel to the 1986 film. Uh, he is now 57 years old, uh, Maverick, and he's teaching at the Academy. And here's a chance for, I think, Tom Cruise to do great stunts, great action. Uh, number three, I think uh, No Time to Die, the James Bond film starring Daniel Craig, comes out April 10th. It's Bond 25. It's the last time we see Daniel Craig as 007. Uh, he takes on Rami Malek, Rami Malek as the villain. It is going to be a beautiful looking movie, great action, nice clothes, good looking people. And we get to look at his eyes and his abs for the last time. <laughs> and We've done that many times we've before. Done it, <laughs> uh, number two for me is Black Widow. Um, this is a mid-quill, as they call it. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, of course, plays Black Widow, one of the members of the Avengers. Um, this takes place after the events of Captain America's Civil War and um, the Avengers have broken up and she's very depressed. And as Scarlett Johansson says, the character's in a very dark place. She goes back to Russia. We start to find out about her backstory. And um, I think it's going to be amazing. That comes out on May 1st. All right. So out of those four, I'm really interested in seeing No Time to Die because when they released the trailer of that, everyone who was a Bond fan just freaked out. But my question is, what are your predictions for Bond? Is he going to die? What are they going to do to MI6? I'm the weirdo who thinks that they actually will kill him off. No. Because 007 is the number and anybody can be 007. It's just a number. It's a code name. So who will step in? I think they're going to do I think Daniel Craig wants to go with a bang. That's just my theory. It's probably out there and it's 
crazy, but I think they should do that. All right. Can't wait for that. So hold on tight with your top movie of 2020. We're going to now talk to Marnie, who's got a list of top fives that's a little slightly different from yours. Okay, I would say that my fifth pick would be uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, August 21st. Do we really need another Bill and Ted? You know, at first I wasn't sure, and then I went back and I watched the trailers for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey, and I laughed so hard that, yes, if ever we needed another one, it is now. Uh, I really liked it because they're really smart movies about dumb guys. In this one, uh, Bill and Ted, I don't know if you remember from the first movies, The reason that they went back in time was because they were uh, fated to write the most beautiful song in the world that would save the universe. They never did it. So now they're middle-aged. They're married to the princesses. They haven't written it. They're not very good musicians, which is what's making it so difficult. Um, So this is all about them trying to write that song. And people have been looking forward to this movie for a long time. And Keanu Reeves is really hot right now. My fourth movie, uh, The Eternals, comes out November 6th. We've already heard from Ingrid about another Avengers movie, if you can call it that, Black Widow. Personally, my favorite Avengers movies have been the ones that take place in outer space. So the Guardians movies, Thor Ragnarok. I'm realizing that I guess I like the funnier movies better. (laughs) We're plumbing the story here from a 1970s series of comic books by Jack Kirby. Uh, The plot here is that an immortal race, the Eternals, has been created by the Celestials to protect humanity from the evil deviants. And this is a story that spans 7,000 years, so get ready for a lot of sequels (laughs) if this one works. And hopefully it will, because the interesting thing about this film is the diversity. So aside from Angelina Jolie, who plays... A, uh, an Eternal, and Kit Harrington, who plays a non-Eternal. We've got uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Brian Tyree Henry, who you may know from Atlanta, and Gemma Chan, and it's directed by Chinese-American director Chloe Zhao. But it also has Lauren Ridloff, who's a deaf actor, as a deaf character named Makari, who's the first deaf superhero, and I'm really interested to see how they use sign language, if they use sign language, how she communicates, Mm -hmm. and how they work that into the story. West Side Story is my number three. That one is coming out December 18th. And I am not actually a musical person. why did you pick it? That's a really good question. (laughs) I'm not a musical person except for West Side Story. Every time it comes on TV, it's one of those movies where if I flip past it, I have to watch the rest of it. It won 10 Oscars and for good reason. It was based on the play that had the score by Leonard Bernstein, Stephen Sondheim lyrics. This all means something to people who are into musicals. Since I'm not, what mattered to me was the story. Uh, It's Romeo and Juliet set in 1950s New York. It's two warring gangs. One is white. Our protagonist, Tony, has a Polish background. And the other is Puerto Rican. And Tony from the white gang and Maria from the Puerto Rican gang, they fall in love. And if you know Romeo and Juliet, you know where this is going to go. Marnie, do we know the cast yet for West Side Story? Yeah. Ansel Elgort is Tony and Rachel Ziegler, who is little known. You probably haven't seen her in anything yet. She's Maria. And Rita Moreno is actually back as a new character named Valentina, who is a reworking of Doc, who owned the drugstore where Tony worked in the first movie. Most importantly, this is being directed by Steven Spielberg, and he got Tony Kushner to write the screenplay. 
And if you don't know who Tony Kushner is, he won the Pulitzer Prize for writing Angels in America. So this movie has a lot of cred. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a movie that doesn't need a remake, but I feel like it's going to go deeper and be grittier and show us something that maybe we didn't see in the first one, which really looked like they had just filmed the musical. My number two movie is Tenet, which comes out July 17th. And if there's one movie that you should see in theaters this year, this is the one. It's directed by Christopher Nolan, who doesn't make a bad movie. He started his career with Memento. After that, he did The Dark Knight, which is the, uh, the Batman movie with Heath Ledger playing the Joker. He did Dunkirk. He did Inception. And most importantly, he really likes people to see his movies in theaters on the big screen. In fact, when the first trailer for this movie came out, he insisted that it not be shown online. It was only going to be in theaters, and it's still not online. But just before the holidays, a second trailer was finally released online, and so now we know a little bit more about the plot. We know that it's an espionage movie that deals with manipulating time and reality, much like Inception did. It starts with an image that could have come from Inception. Characters played by John David Washington and Robert Pattinson are scaling a building, but they basically fly up to about the sixth story before they make contact with the side of the building. We know that they're fighting some sort of threat, but it's not going to be some cliche villain who's going to release a plague on the world. Because it's Christopher Nolan, we know that it's going to be something mind-bending, something philosophical. Intriguing. Oh, it's very intriguing. And all we know is that it's probably one of the most highly anticipated movies of 2020 and also For the sure. most expensive undertaking as well. Could be. Could be. We don't know the truth. And I know they filmed in about seven different locations around the world, and that costs a lot. India, Italy. Where Estonia. Where Estonia, I, yeah. Are from. Oh, Okay, we're narrowing it down to our last pick of 2020. And I got to say, between Ingrid and Marnie, I think I'll probably go to the movies with Ingrid because <laughs> she picked one of my I win. favorite movies in 2020 that I am most excited to see, and that would be Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman 1984, uh, the sequel to Wonder Woman, uh, directed by Patty Jenkins and starring Gal Gadot. She's back. It's uh, set during the Cold War and Diana Prince a.k.a. Wonder Woman, is reportedly working as a spy for the U.S. government against the Soviets. If you've seen the trailers, yes. it is just steeped in 80s culture, all the way back to fanny packs and wide shoulders and all the so accoutrements. Fun. is fun. Uh, of course, everybody's buzzing is that uh, Chris Pine is back, as Steve Trevor, who died in the first film. So how is he alive? How can this be? Um, and we don't really know. I mean, there's different theories. But, uh, I mean, the thing about Wonder Woman, which... I am eternally happy about is I've never seen a character that can be almost naive and believes in goodness, but uh, Gal Gadot just dived into it, leaned right into with Patty Jenkins, that belief. So when you're watching the first movie, I was just so inspired by her. And I and she was not sappy or silly. She just believed in those that goodness. And so she made me believe and it made me happy to believe in that. And a lot of superheroes don't have that. They're cynical whatever and you know all of a sudden in fact she's beautiful and sexy and all those things but she just believes in the goodness of what she's doing and I just love that character and also being intelligent and, and well played so with the setting and her and Chris Pine back I think they have great chemistry I just am so looking forward to this movie on June 5th 
Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, Wonder Woman also um, represents empowerment for any woman of Absolutely. any age. I yeah. know that my daughter and I both dressed up as Wonder Woman for Halloween, right. and she's nine and I'm, oh, something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of a certain right. age, and we both feel that Wonder Woman represents right. this type of female power right. that we all want, and we're proud to be. And she could just fall off that, it's such a thin line you're walking, right, between being silly and, because we grew up with the silliness of Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and the kind of, she's almost a joke into the, DC Comics. And Kristen Wiig is Cheetah, the villain, which is just another piece of casting. Like, Kristen Wiig as a as a villain? And if you saw in the trailer, she's doing her silly, almost like bridesmaid talking, but <laughs> you know that she's a great actress. Right. And I think Patty Jenkins believes in her. And I just, what a great casting. I'm not sure how this is going to be, but... Uh, I'm just so excited. When is the release date for Wonder Woman? June 5th. June 5th. Yeah, and you know, my experience seeing this one, the first movie in theaters was, until that point, we'd done a lot of interviews with people who had said, you know, the first time I saw so-and-so, it really made me feel like I was seeing myself on screen for the first time, whether Mm -hmm. it was uh, gender, a particular race, orientation. And I always heard that. Uh, rationally and logically and knew what they were talking about, but I'd never actually felt it until I saw Wonder Woman, strangely enough. Yeah. And I, when I was watching her protect the rest of the characters, Chris Pine and the other characters who were mostly male, um, I really felt something. I felt a stirring that I hadn't felt before. I watched the the TV show when I was a kid, yeah. and I didn't feel that at no, the time. I was wasn't yeah. uh, aware enough yeah. to feel that. But yeah. I'm really glad that I saw that one in the theater, because when it ended, all the women are looking around at each other, and the guys probably aren't. And <laughs> And you walk out, and I remember just yeah. like yeah. vibrating when I walked out of so that movie. So we can all agree right. that Wonder Woman makes us feel confident, strong, right. and makes us feel that girl power is stronger right. than ever. And remember, it did well age. around the world, so men right. watched it too. I mean, mm-hmm. it helps that she's beautiful, but I think men also felt, uh, I'm not, I can't speak, but I feel like talking to people, uh, it was a good movie, but they also felt empowered almost through her too, in a way. So. Great. Cool. So that's your top pick for 2020, Ingrid. What's yours, Marnie? I feel like I have to convince you now, Natasha. <laughs> You're going All right, hit to me. see Wonder Woman 1984 with Ingrid. Yes. And I know my choice is a little bit risky. Mm-hmm. It's Dune. Tell me about Dune. It's, I haven't heard much about well, it. Well, it's coming out December 18th, so I've got a long time to convince you. Okay. We've got 12 um, months. <laughs> I, I wrote a little thing about, about yeah. I wrote a little thing about this uh, in the magazine, and uh, I said that the tagline should be, let's try this again. Um, the thing with Dune is that everybody automatically thinks of the 1984 David Lynch movie, which was terrible. So then why would you want to see this? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. I hadn't even watched that version until about a week ago. I forced myself to watch it. It really is that bad. It's amazing that they let David Lynch make more movies after that. It's a good thing they, that they did because he made great movies. But this is a movie that needed to be remade, and it's being made by Denny Villeneuve. Oh, my favorite Quebecer. He is. Not only is he a Canadian director, but he directed my favorite movie of 2017, which was Blade Runner 2049. To me, that movie was perfect. It was a work of art flickering across the screen. I saw it multiple times and liked it better each time. And I am hopeful that this Dune 
will be epic in that same scale. It's a story that has some similarities to Star Wars. Basically, it's about a family, the Atreides family, that goes to live on this inhospitable planet that they call Dune, and they have to manage what they call the spice, which is this drug that expands the mind and extends life. How do we get that drug here yeah. now? <laughs> <laughs> and it better be good, because they have chopped the book in two. They're making two movies out of it. So the second movie will come out sometime in the next couple of years, and they're also doing a TV series out of this. Oh. So my it faith is it has legs. It could turn into a big franchise, and I hope it will. Okay, so judging from your top picks for 2020, Ingrid, you are more of a play it safe. You know <laughs> blockbusters are going to be seen. I, Everyone loves these films. Yeah. And if you notice mine, I'm very much into a girl power. Yes. That's my thing. My kind of girl. We're going to go see lots of movies together in 2020. Whereas Marnie, you like to give directors and, and people an opportunity and a chance to kind of enter your world and have you for two hours. And if you like it, it's great. And if you don't, well... Yeah, but I don't think I'm the only one who has high hopes for Dune because this is just the first of two movies. They've cut the book in half. There's also going to be a TV spinoff. So I think they're expecting big things from this. And I, you know, there are people who will see it as a replacement for Star Wars. Not, I mean, Star Wars is still going, obviously, but now that the main franchise is wrapping up, I think there are a lot of people that are going to turn to Dune if it's successful, and I certainly hope it is. And it'll fill that place in their hearts and minds. All right, ladies, we just had a film face-off, and you gave us every reason to put our butts right here in a theater because there are so many worthy elements. But now I want to know, what are the movies that you're really excited about seeing in theaters next week? For me, it's Underwater. Oh, uh, that's with Kristen Stewart. Yeah, we've got Kristen Stewart in this, and she looks super cool. She's got a shaved head. It's dyed blonde. She looks fierce. So she plays a researcher at an underwater lab on the ocean floor, which is 5,000 miles from land on either side. And then there's what seems to be an earthquake. The lab is basically destroyed, so they have to put on these underwater suits and walk to safety. And once they're out there, they realize, as if this isn't dangerous enough, they are not alone. <laughs> we never are, right? We never are. We never are. Okay, so we're poised for some serious movie watching there in theaters with uh, with Marnie's choice. What's out right now that you're excited about, Ingrid? Well, mine, uh, I'm interested in Doolittle, which uh, hits theaters next week. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, plays uh, Dr. Doolittle, which, is, of course, this is a remake of the 1960s musical with Rex Harrison. But it's... Uh, it's not a musical, and it's just in a kid's uh, family adventure movie. And I love seeing Robert Downey do anything. And he hasn't made a kid's or family film since The Shaggy Dog 14 years ago. And that one, he was actually second fiddled to Tim Allen, which is kind of crazy. Wouldn't Iron Man be as chuck? Wouldn't Iron Man be a <laughs> oh, movie yeah. as well? No, you're, you're in dangerous <laughs> yeah. territory. So <laughs> the, the thing about this is that. great is the, the CGI animals, are the, they're all voiced by great people. So just very quickly, Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, John Senna, Tom Holland, Marianne Cotard, Octavia Spencer, they all voice the animals that are around him when he goes on his adventure. Um, so I think as a parent or an adult taking a kid to it, you're going to enjoy it too because you're going to recognize these great, uh, great voices. And Robert Downey is just so much fun to watch, even if it goes off the rails, which I don't think it will. He is a joy to watch. 
You, he really is a joy to watch, and I think he appeals to every gender, so every too. every you know age. It's going to be great. And as usual, it's a great week at the movies. So thank you, Marnie. Thank you, Ingrid, for being here on our Hello Movies podcast. Our next episode is Birds of Prey and Rhythm Section, two films about women kicking ass and getting revenge. You won't want to miss that, obviously. I'm Natasha Gorgiulo, and this is Hello Movies. Thank you for listening. Thank you.